Absolutely. You have to be ready to play the game. Now, game plan, play calling, that's a coach. But effort, making sure I'm prepared to play on Saturdays, being at the right weight, lifting the right weight, eating the right food, being car- being in shape, that's on the athlete, not a grown man. Because I don't so, care what Coach Vic ever told me to do, mm-hmm. I was in the weight room before my lift time. Mm-hmm. Like, so, my, my run group, we were there on time. We were accountable. We, we, we ran faster than anybody ever recorded because we were breaking speedometers and heart mm-hmm. monitors. Mm. Because we wanted to, we want to compete <laughs> yeah. to be the best. And I Lowe's. think that the kids aren't competing the same way. Yeah, and I'd still and I'd still run your ass over too. So I mean, you can look <laughs> that you can look that big all you want. You can keep yeah. dreaming. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. It is Thursday afternoon here in Tallahassee, two days away from Florida State versus number five, Notre Dame. With me today, we've got quite a bit of co-hosts now. With me today is Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. we got Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer. we got Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. And then also with us, our new member to Hear the Spear, Former Noel 2013 national champion, NFL running back, Carlos Williams. What's up? What's up? What's good, everybody? What's going on, man? What's going on? Great day. Great day to be a Noel. It is. It's always a great day. Great day to be a Noel. I just finished my exam. I feel pretty solid about it. I had one yesterday that I felt really good about, and I'm done with exams. It's midterm week, so I'm done. I'm ready just to kind of sit back, relax, watch football tonight. Hopefully the Bucks lose because screw Tom Brady. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's about it. I just want to talk football now for, until we get to kickoff. Prime time, what is it, 7.30 kickoff for FSU yeah. Notre Dame? Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Dustin, are you covering on Twitter like last week? I, I got to if you're just going to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um but, yeah, how are y'all feeling about – I mean, we, we could kind of jump into a few things here. I just want to let everybody know that you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Hit that subscribe button, even if you're also on YouTube. We've seen a lot new, a lot of new uh, members come over there. So make sure you hit the subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this from. Um, but, yeah, let's jump into things. Why not? Let's get to it. Uh, Nate, you might want to lead us into this one. Uh, you got some – news uh yesterday evening about a potential commit to florida state happening pretty soon uh do you want to talk about him sure you know everyone uh, has been wondering what's going on with uh sean Bree jackson out of orlando um you know for for a while he's been a lean to florida state i've um, been kind of uh 
floating around with Alabama a little bit, but, you know, Florida State's kind of been the team since they offered um, him a scholarship back early in the year. Uh, so there's been a little bit of smoke that he was going to make a decision by the end of October, um, which is kind of right on that timeline. Uh, but got some word yesterday that you know, he's going to announce today. And, um, you know, he's going to go ahead and make that official and, and join uh, Florida State's 2021 class. And, you know, it, it, it's a, a big-time commitment for Florida State. It's a four-star uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I believe while he's a D end right now, He's in the, I think he's going to be a three technique in college. Um, Nate, Nate, yeah. quick, quick question. Nate, how do you feel, okay, with the talent we have across the board? Yeah. I'm sorry. With the, I, I, watched the clip day, I watched the clip day on you on uh, Twitter today. And yep. It was showing the tight end again at Miami, yep. number nine, sealing off an inside zone run in a three technique at the time yep. was Court Durden. And, yep. you know, and when I think about the guys that were here, you know, I, I kind of stopped following recruiting because recruiting kind of got – iffy after the Derwin James effect. And I call it Derwin yes. James effect because Derwin was the last real five-star recruit, in my opinion. Yes. He was the last real, you know, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Deion Sanders, um, you, you know, T-Buck, you know, those real mm -hmm. Myron roles that we had, you know, to come through Florida State. You know, we recruited great safeties. I was a great one coming out of high school. Tyler Hunter was great. Marcus Brutus. I mean, we had guys that came in my class that were considered – four and five stars, you mm -hmm. know, um, mm -hmm. we have Marvin, Mar Marvin's on the front line. And he is what a potential first round pick. Um, right. Darden could be a p potential pick. So, you know, um, I seen what Dion said about recruiting, you know, four and five stars are great. I want yep. the guy with the most part and um, hearing how great this kid is. He's active. He's, he's, he's he, he can move inside mm -hmm. or outside. He can play the zero. He can play the three. He can play yep. the five, five, nine. Um, yeah, I'm just and at this point in the recruiting game, I'm waiting to see when these kids come on campus, when they get to a spring practice. You know, that kind of stuff is going to really set the tone. Um, I'm happy to hear about it. That's really big mm -hmm. for us. The D line, um, we're gonna have a little couple guys leave this year, so I'm really excited about hearing about that commitment. Yeah, I, I completely 150 percent agree with you. Um, you know, you know, one of the things I was gonna say is that you know the the way it looks, you know. Florida State, despite the, the the perceived struggles right now with the uh, with the team and everything, you know they're still able to land what's considered you know blue chip big time cool group. Yep. But the thing that excites me about Shambri is, well, you know, I, I believe you should always take big athletes. You should always load up on on, on the trenches. And for mm -hmm. for, for me, um, you know, he's someone. If you watch his tape, you know, he's an unfinished product. But he, yeah. he's, his motor never stops. That's and, true. And, 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 and one thing that you kind of said about Durden is one of, one of the things about Durden since he's been at Florida State is his lack of uh, consistent effort. Um, you know, it's not necessarily about the talent. It's about the, the fact that he's not always trying and is simply kind of lazy at times. And, you know, I don't that think – That I agree. Yeah, I that think, I agree. You know, you know sh Shambri is the kind of guy who, you know, someone that plays hard and gets after it, um, you know, that's something that is going to carry over to college. Um, there's a reason why Corey Gurdon was a three-star, and one of the reasons why when you watch his tape was that he was oftentimes um, took plays off and seemed very lazy in high school. Okay. And, and, and that's carried over, in my opinion. And, um, and, it, and it kind of, you can kind of tell on film. Uh, you can kind of tell yeah. on film. You watch the game, and you have, and we, when we, and first thing is known mm -hmm. for what we have: great DBs, mm -hmm. 
We have great linebackers. We have great D-line. And what's that? That's all the defense. We're known for having great defense. Marvin is a great D-tackle. He set the standard for that class coming in, and the guys came in just like we had Timmy. Before that, we had uh, Everett Dawkins, Anthony McLeod. We had Roderick Bunkley. I mean, we had, we had guys that came in every year that were consistently putting it on. And, and it's hard to see our team and our up front when you got – I mean, the team running literally downhill inside zone for an entire game. They're not running nothing difficult. They're doubling the nose. They're single blocking a three technique, and they're kicking out the five, and they're running it right down the middle, mm-hmm. and there's no penetration. There's a tie- In the NFL, they said the most sacks happen when tight ends block defensive ends or D-linemen or you get a D-end on a running back. There's no way Corey Durden should have been blocked by that tight end. I think it was Absolutely. pure effort. And, and the fact that he got turned around. Yes, it, it, it's just not acceptable. And, and, right and when you watch Miami, they run a lot of inside zone. That's the primary yep. run scheme. So they should know Power, coming right in that they were going to run right at you. Mm-hmm. And that's just a lack of want to. And it, it doesn't matter what Adam Fuller has or doesn't have scheme-wise. If he doesn't have the pieces, it doesn't matter. And right well, now, we, just, we got a piece today. I yeah. will say that I, I yeah, love hearing yeah. stuff like that. We have a whole new coaching staff, a new recruiting coordinator. Yeah. We're picking the pieces to our own puzzle, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that you really don't get a chance to do. I think at Florida State, I think we have to start recruiting who we want to fit us right. again. Um, like we recruit, like think about this in the recruiting class, we only had one six six receiver when I was on campus. We didn't have mm-hmm. three or four six five plus receivers on campus. No, because we needed one Kelvin Benjamin. We didn't need mm-hmm. two or three. We need it once because KB was going to be in for them three years. And we wanted KB to know that, hey, you're the big red zone target. You're the big – you're going up top four. We let him know that. Um, we're recruiting a bunch of kids. And kids are committing. And then when they're not touching the field, transfer portals filled up with a bunch of kids mm-hmm. from Florida State. Well, my question is, should y'all been here in the first place? And I, kind of, I at times I do feel bad, but are you Florida State material? And I think that's where Dion was going. And so I'm excited about the new the new commit. I mean, it's a D-line commit. I love D-line, and I love getting those mm-hmm. big boys in there. Um, and, the, and the way Coach Storms is trans, tra- transforming guys in the weight room, you've seen Amari this offseason. He went from a stick figure <laughs> yeah. to – he looked he look like a mannequin doll. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's playing fast. He's playing good football. So like, that big commit, D-line commit, I'm excited for it. I, I, after seeing a lot of news of how I've been playing, i kind of waiting to see where it goes – um, from there, if he's going to enroll in early, if he's going to hit spring practice, knowing how pandemic is going, a lot of stuff is going to trickle. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to see how the recruiting game is going to go coming into the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I got to find guys that aren't lacking, and that's something that has been a problem the last three or four years of just yep. people giving up on plays in crucial moments too. And it's not a, it's not good. Not, you know, going straight to recruiting. Going back to that Corey Durden play that, that you guys were talking about on Twitter earlier today, the next clip in that sequence is uh, the tight end going up against uh, yep. like a 6'2", 220, 230-pound linebacker, and the linebacker absolutely whoops him. So, I mean, yeah. it really just goes back to the heart, the want to, the drive. And, I mean, at this point, it's, it's very fair to question that because we know how much talent these guys have. They've showed it in spurts. But when they can't put it together consistently, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It leads to the ugly results that we're seeing on the field week in and week out so far. I mean, I don't mean, I don't remember how many running backs rushed for over 100 yards on us my junior and senior year, my sophomore year, my, my freshman not year. Not many. I don't remember <laughs> how many back. I can't guarantee not many backs rushed for 100 yards when I was in college. That wasn't flying. Uh, I, well, think was no in I think two. That's it. That's, that's I, I, for four I, I, years. I, I, I think uh, 
Michael Dyer did. Yep, Michael Louisville. Dyer from Louisville. And, and, and a lot of that was in the first Tra- half. Tra- and Trey Mar- and Trey Mason from uh, Auburn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Louisville, yeah. Louisville, who ran who ran the scoreboard up on us. They ran the scoreboard up on us. And mm-hmm. we played our game and won. And then yep. we played that championship game. And then also, I mean, the Heisman Trophy runner-up. Mm-hmm. He's a finalist. I mean, of course, he, if he don't rush for 100, don't, then, yeah. So, I mean, I just I'm, – I'm prepared for the recruiting game. I just – I was really, really surprised. I saw that clip on Twitter, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, Corey, yeah. like, you came in here, and, I mean, you're not a small guy. I mean, you came in with a lot of hype and transferring in, so I expected you to be better. So, so I, didn't expect, I didn't expect a tight end to block you out of the hole. Um, if anyone's ever seen Corey, he's a big guy. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's all at 6'4", 6'5", all at 300 pounds. He's wide. He's big. You know, there's no reason why, while Reverend Jordan's by the Hember Pitts are the best tight ends in the country. He's just still, as Carlos said, you know, still tight ends should struggle against three technique and, and defensive linemen. You know what it is, though? I put it happen. this way. Just like you talk about, you know, when I play, when, I, when we played against Notre Dame, I scored a touchdown early in the game, and it looked like I wasn't going to score. But Jalen Smith, who's a starting linebacker for the Cowboys, met me in the mm-hmm. hole. And I literally threw him off me <laughs> to score that touchdown. Yeah. Want to know why? Because we don't score inside the red zone against Notre Dame. We're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's like we lost to Georgia Tech. We just got three points. No, well, three points and five and three times inside, inside the red zone. That's not good. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. to score. Because we didn't, Notre Dame was going to win that game. Corey Durden, if you don't get off the block and tackle this man in the backfield, Miami's going to run the ball down your throat. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. But, which is uh... – you know, scary leading up to, uh, you know, what they face this week against uh, the best offensive line in the country. Yeah, they're going to – it's going to be a problem. We're going to get to it there, but, um, oh, yeah. One more thing I want to They're, they're going to be able to run the ball. While, while we're on, on, on Corey, you know, for, for me, I, I just don't want to see him play until he can fix it, you know. You know, if he's not going to put forth the effort, just don't play him. You know, you, you, I'd rather just run with True and Ray and – and Cooper, when he, you know, hopefully he can come back this week and, and and love it. I would just sit him until he can he can figure his shit out. I mean, do you, do you trust <laughs> other guys to make the play that he not gonna make? Uh, I I think the other guys will give more effort. Okay, both and, 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 and that's a start. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Let me move on here because uh, we got a couple more quick hitters to go through. Uh, Bryce McGowan's Austin. This one came out of left field like we were talking about in the production meeting, but Bryce McGowan's five-star decommits from Florida State and Coach Hamilton. Is this uh, is Florida State still in it? What's going on there? Yeah, he kind of shocked everybody. And by everybody, I do mean everybody, including his former classmates and some of the staff by decommitting this morning. Um, by all accounts, Florida State's still in it. Um, I think he's just testing the waters, and I know Kentucky just got recently interested in him, which – Kentucky's class right now is horrible. They really need some pieces there. So I'm not surprised that they're going after somebody. Um, and talking with a couple people, he's one of those guys that he really needs his shots to get going. And coming in with Jalen Worley and Matthew Cleveland, he's not going to get the shots he wants. So I, I was surprised at first. And the more I hear about it, the more I talk to people, I'm not as surprised. Uh, but Florida State's still definitely in it. Yeah, we had him on, what, a few or before? I know football season started, but we had – Bryce on to 
talk about his commitment. He definitely seemed like a guy that wanted to stick with Florida State. But I mean, there's a, that's a, that's the thing though. When you've got you're mm-hmm. surrounded by talent, definitely for basketball. When you got you know five star after five star, it gets to the point where you know some of these cats want to be uh, they have a chance to get more PT or really just be the one that's the star. And now that's, that, that's a that's a problem. I'm trying to win. <laughs> I want to win. So I want to go where all the five stars at. I want to go where all the guys that want to go win at. I'm hitting guys phone. Hey, bro, you trying to win? I'm trying to win. Like, that's all I care about. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. it's – I think that's crazy. I mean, why, I, I, you decommit and you're and, and, and it, it's almost like do you trust a girl because she says mm-hmm. all she spent every day with you, all of a sudden she don't want to spend no time with you? Uh-huh. So, you, so you tell me that we're together and we're exclusive, and all of a sudden now we're not exclusive. So what do you want me to think? Do I recruit you? Do I, do I call your phone? Do I invite you out to dinner? What do I do? Austin, you got the best what advice for that. You got the best like, advice for that. You're the dating I mean, man. I, I, uh-huh. I committed, my so- I committed it in my sophomore year, and I stayed solid. I went to USC. I went to Miami. I went to LSU. I went mm-hmm. to Iowa State. I ain't never – I'm not tripping. I was going to Florida State. I told – I'm going to Florida State. There's so do you think that's probably what's going on here for Bryce? Obviously, you know, Leonard Hamilton's on a roll, but you think that's what he is kind of – like you were saying also, Austin, just testing the waters, maybe going a few different visits and, and stuff like that. I mean, like I that. think kids are, kids are more scared now to be committed and go on a recruiting visit. You don't want to be mistreated or you don't want to not have your visit what you want it to be. Because a lot of kids go on recruiting visits now just go see schools. I'm committed to my school. I want, I want to go see California. I want to go see what Ohio State look like. I want to go to Death Valley, Louisiana. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to see those. I wanted to see the. I wanted to see that environment. So I went. But a lot of kids are scared now. It's, it's all yeah. about showing the kids off the new jerseys or you know the new facilities and all this kind of stuff, making the kid feel like the man. With all these kids having the transfer portal and having the ability to commit, commit when they want to, you're giving them way too much freedom. And then you want to pay these kids. All that kind of stuff trickles into these decisions that they're making. And 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 decommitting is, I mean. That goes a long way. A lot of people don't see it as a real hard um, situation. But when you're committing to a school, you're not just committing to the football program. You're committing to that community. You're committing to the fans. You're committing to the alumni, to the, to the former players. You're committing your life to that school and that education that you're going to go get. So you got to be prepared for it. Um, I feel like a lot of kids commit because, you know, the school's hot right now. School's winning. They're, they're ranked. Or a school got a great recruiting class. We're one and two. I mean – Surprisingly, that we have the number one recruiting class, we hold on to it. I am very surprised. I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised if more kids decommitted if we lose more games. I mean, I won't be surprised. But I think that I mean, decommit is just to play the game. It's funny with McGowan's because we got him on. We got him on right after Jalen Worley committed, and we got that was a third five star basically. Um, And at the time, he welcomed it. He's like, we got all these guys that can score and pass and distribute the ball. We can do everything. And now looking at it, you're like, huh, this is, this is a little bit interesting. Um, and we just saw his brother leave Pittsburgh to go to Nebraska. So I, I guess it runs in the family. I don't know. It, it, it sounds like <laughs> someone's been in his hair. Maybe some, some, yeah. negative, some negative recruiting about, you know, Leonard Hamilton not not letting him, you know, get his shots off or, or not a fit for the offense or, or whatnot. It sounds like someone's been in his ear. Yeah, We're the closest team to winning national championship this year in basketball. Yeah, we are literally the. We're gonna we're gonna win the ACC. You know how hard it is to win the ACC in basketball. That mm-hmm. that that that'll be like um that'll be like Vanderbilt, like coming out of nowhere and having like these awesome recruiting classes, and then all of a sudden they're competing with Duke and North Carolina. No, I'm saying you get what I'm saying. They're competing with Bama and the LSU 
and, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Florida State came out of nowhere. I mean, we've been decent in basketball. I was here when Michael Snare was hitting, you no know, late point, three yeah, points. You know what I'm saying? I was here when Snare was busting them things. I was here for that. <laughs> and then we fell off the face of the earth. Like, we were okay. We were mm-hmm. a decent basketball school. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was here when Kofor first got here, when he transferred in. And it was still not a great winning culture. And now we're competing to win the ACC. They said we were going to win the championship if pandemic didn't start. So decommit <laughs> I was going to be there. I was going to make my ass. Decommit if you feel. <laughs> but if Florida State win a championship this year and your team to make the tournament, I'm not going to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what, uh, what his uh, path leads him. But like Austin said, he's probably still feeling Florida State in there a good amount. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I will say if he does decide to move on, keep out for Dallin Coleman. Uh, if we replace, if that's the guy we end up going with, is another top fifty guy. We went after him for a long time. For a while, we were his favorite. So now that another spot's open up on the wing, I'd keep an eye on him. You cool. know, just another top fifty guy. You know, no big deal. You yeah, know, just no a Leonard deal. Hamilton way right now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Quick hitters. Uh, Jalen Rams. Let's just talk a little NFL here because we we haven't had time to really talk about. It. We've been talking about Florida State and the failures. Blah blah blah. Too much depression the last few weeks let's talk about some nfl stuff i want to talk about jalen ramsey i want to talk about dalvin cook i mean dalvin cook right now is leading the league in russian i think he's the best back in football right cookie. now I, cookie's I, the best back in football. cookie yeah mm-hmm. that, exactly that. i mean i'm tired of people arguing with me i don't know what else i mean they're really just ignorant trolls on twitter but i don't know who you're who they're naming i mean i'm already tired of the saquon uh barkley hype i don't think he's just ever gonna come up to what everybody thought he was gonna be i, I mean he, he did uh, what terrace hamster and his acl yeah, I just I just like Dal. I would take Dalvin over Barkley any day of the what week. And I'm just like bias. I just maybe because I get this. I saw him in person play, and you know he saved Florida State in a lot of ways. But I mean, maybe that's just the case. Maybe I saw him in person. But Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Rhodes is popping off right now. Two interceptions, a pick six. He might have more interceptions, but I, I saw in that one game he had two. And Brian good for Burns Xavier, man. Really well too. Yeah. Who? Carolina. Brian Burns. And Josh yes. has a couple sacks, too. Mm-hmm. Good football across the league by nose. Yeah. Hey, yeah. a couple more weeks. Saints are going to have to put in Jameis, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, he don't got it no more. Nah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to put Taysom Hill in. That would be so disrespectful. It would be disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, I think Jameis, you're producing 30-plus touchdowns in the season. Doesn't Jameis look good? I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, body wise, he looks uh-huh. like how yeah. he did whenever he came in right at uh, FSU. He looks amazing. I mean, he he works his butt off though. Like he, he works was, his butt off. He went he went vegan, I think, this off season. He, I think he did. I mean, he. Yeah, I think went vegan, but he like lost a lot of weight. But he worked his tail off at home, watching videos and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm liking the NFL. We'll see what's tonight. Bucks, Bears. Screw Tom. We all got. Yeah. Uh, Logan, who said, you got? I'm never pulling for the Bucks after what they did okay. to Jameis, so got? I'm going Bears. I'm not pulling for the Bucks, but I think that they're probably going to win this one. I just not. I'm not confident. At Chicago, as a diehard Vikings fan, no fans yet. ever pick Chicago. Uh, so go Bucks. Nate, what you got? The cannons. I'm a Chicago fan, so. Uh, Are you really? So, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. No, we we had no clue. I was so you're, you're a I mean. Nick Foles fan, huh? You're a Nick Foles fan. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Hell no. Okay. Did you like Mitchell? Did you like the Mitchell? No, pick? I, th that was a horrible pick. <coughs> Why? You know, you know, I, I, I get like, you know, who would you have picked? I, you know, looking back Shit. at that time, <laughs> I, I would, I would have picked probably Deshaun Watson, but not knowing that Mahomes was going to be what he's turned out to be. I would uh, not pick Whoa, whoa, Nate! I'm going to scroll over so I can see your picture when I say this. You didn't know Pat Mahomes was gonna be Pat Mahomes. I don't think anyone did. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone did. Y'all wasn't was watching enough football. That's why. Nah, I, I watch them a lot. Time out, guys. Watch Texas. Texas Tech play Oklahoma, and now I want you to go on the rosters and look at who's on that roster at Oklahoma when Texas Tech played them. That boy lit that scoreboard up with Texas Tech talent. You gonna you gonna sign up to be? Uh, GM, what you doing? You, I'm just, you need I'm to just start saying, applying if that's the case. All, all, all I'm saying is that I, I've been watching drafts since I've not been playing ball, and you see a lot of teams draft, oh, I want the best guy off the board. It's like recruiting to me. And personally, you, you have to draft what fits you. Chase Young is probably the best player in the draft. He went to Washington for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Washington's D line is already stacked. They got two Bemba boys mm -hmm. in D tackle. They got good ends, and their yeah. linebackers are always experienced. Their back end always the one that's hurting. So why yeah. you go draft Chase Young because you choose because you just wanted him off the board, so nobody else could have him. And and right now he's not even playing because he's hurting all around week four or five. Yeah, you had the man. You had the you killed him. You literally killed him. You pass, he's pass rushing every single play. He's you're gonna burn him out. Y'all picked him for no reason. Y'all didn't get Dwayne Haskins no weapons. Uh, yeah, they benched him, didn't they? Yeah, they just benched him because you got him no weapons. Mm -hmm. Who are you throwing the ball to? I don't know anymore. All I remember is like Crowder being there, but I don't think he's there anymore. How you, how you Pittsburgh boys doing this week? How they going to do Ooh, this week? We doing good. How, I need your brother. I need them to stay safe and not get uh, any kind of that COVID mess, man. He's, he's leading the league in tackles for loss right now. Is he really? Yes, he has eight tackles for loss right now. If nobody, if you're just not listening, and obviously Lowe's is going to be on here every week, but uh, if you don't, I had people asking me, I don't know if it was in crew or discord, but they're asking me, wait, is Carlos's brother Vince Williams? And I'm like, oh, help me. But I can't make fun of him. There's times where I slip up and I don't remember some stuff. But though, Vince Williams is a starter. People were like, y'all are brothers? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like we just, I mean, that's how we vibe. We were yeah. just two different people. But, yeah, Vince Williams is a starting linebacker for uh, Pittsburgh. He's been how many years now? This is year – what, this would be year six, year eight for me? Year eight for him. It will be year six for me. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he's been, he, he's been going at it for a while, man. He's been banging it out for a while. I mean, he loves it there. The culture is there is amazing. I was there in, in 16. The culture is there. How is Tomlin? Uh, I like Tomlin. Oh, um, unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He is literally Players one of the best – hands I wouldn't say players I mean he's a player's coach but he's business oriented like he is hey we come into the workplace we finna clock in finna put the hours in we finna make sure we get this good work in we can go home y'all gentlemen y'all go home you know what I'm saying he yeah. makes sure the time he's spending on the field is put towards winning the game he's preparing for and I think that's what makes organizations different that's an organization that's always competing for a Super Bowl or AFC championship mm-hmm they're never not relevant. They're never not yeah, talked about no. as being a winning organization. That's, that's something that sets them apart. Yeah, and last season, I mean, somehow he pulled through and had it. Oh, we couldn't just have a Steelers yeah. podcast if we want to. We'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump in. Let's uh, give, like, just our quick little 
recap. Well, actually, let's jump down at the bottom here to Norvell not happy with uh, Wednesday's practice. And, you know, he talked about – I watched the interview, and he was pretty ticked off. Uh, it seemed like the players weren't uh, consistently buying into the practice, not a lot of energy. Uh, guys were slacking. And, you know, I'm glad I, I, you kind of get – I mean, Jimbo did that all the time. I mean, he'd be pissed off and he'd tell the media and it would kind of riled up maybe the players. I mean, Lowe's couldn't tell you about it, but um, I like it. I mean, be straightforward and we'll get to it. But I also like the way Norvell is, I don't know, on, on the sideline against Jacksonville State, um, Jerry and Jones had a, what was it, personal foul, I believe. Yep. Yep. Yeah, late hit. Yeah, late hit, and it was clipped on Twitter. Of course, Twitter's just giving us everything, but it was clipped where Norvell was just going in on him. I mean, cussing him out. And then the interview after the game, post-game interview, he was asked about it, and he said, I probably am not allowed to say this or something like that. I don't, I don't really want to share what I was saying to him. I'd probably be canceled. Uh, but I, I, lo I love it. I mean, you just it's a whole 180 from what we saw with Willie Taggart where you're just tapping the helmet and, you know, letting him go by after making a silly mistake, not only one, twice, three times, and we saw it with Dontavious Jackson. Get on him, you know? That's how it should be. It's football. We're not playing tennis. We're not swimming and diving. Get in their ass. I mean, if they're making if, a stupid if, mistake. If you, know. if, you, if you watch after that, too, Jones played probably the best he's played in, in the first few games at Florida State. You know, he, yeah. he responded to that and played a lot better. Um, and that's, that's, that's good to see that. Mm -hmm. I like it. Did Jimbo do that stuff on purpose where would, did, would you actually have bad practices and he would say to the media or is he just, was Jimbo making up stuff? Um, there'll be times, I mean, there'll be times where you have too many MAs. I think in a practice, you should have no more than three MAs. That's a missing assignment. And that's for each individual player. I'm not, I'm talking about guys that's, that's in the game playing guys that's getting reps, three MAs. I'm talking about in a week, not in a day, in a week. Mm -hmm. You go to practice and everybody got four or five MAs. You messed up a blitz period or this and that. It's a simple lack of focus. I mean, you got you. I mean, we're human. One college kids. We got other stuff going on. Maybe a test. Maybe a female. A lot of stuff could be happening. <laughs> but what Jimbo a lot helped us do was when we walk inside those gates, everything dies. But us. It's about he literally would tell y'all. Y'all can get the fuck off. Y'all get off my field because it's mine. <laughs> I don't care about nothing else when we come inside this gate but winning football games. Oh, I'll, so if you talk, I'll be there. At, yeah, I'd be there so at practice. If you about anything else or you're doing anything else, you can just get out of practice. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, Jimbo kind of set that tone. I think Norvell's doing it. I think he's going to do it his own way. And I appreciate the fact he cussed seven out, cussed him on out. And what did, what did you say, Nate? He played way he responded. Yep. You know, I think um, – he, wasn't he at Mississippi State? He was there yep. with Dan Mullen. You heard what yep. Dan Mullen just said. I want to beat your ass every time we play a uh, uh, thumb wrestle or a tic-tac-toe, whatever it may be. I want to win. I want to beat your ass. And Norvell is slowly but surely changing the culture in his own way at his own time. I think Dan Mullen going to Florida was, a, was familiar, so you get what I'm saying? But I'm saying Seven had that same coach that, that's telling the guys down in Florida, they go out there and whoop their ass. I think Norvell told him what he needed to hear to get him to play better, and I'm <laughs> all good for that. I'm all good on that. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's how it needs to be. And Nicole, that's how you start. You know, the culture is going to take a while to change, but um, it's the beginning. And I, that's a, it's a hard job for Mike Norvell right now. It is a very tough job. I mean, we were just talking about 16 earlier, but it is going to take a good while to do change a lot believe, of these things. Do you believe that it takes a long time to turn a program around? 
I think it takes Bro, two to three years. You remember when we beat Saban in the Gator Bowl? Mm-hmm. You remember we beat Bama mm-hmm. right before Saban got there? I was there. Same. We I was beat, there. Right, right before Saban got there. Saban got there, I think, the next year. Mm-hmm. Bama switched. It, it took a season. A season. Wonder why? Because Saban went in on a mission. I'm going to handpick my guys. I'm going to cherry pick and drop these guys I don't want off a cliff. You're on your own. I mean, I, it had to be that way. I think that's how you change a culture. I don't mind these guys hitting the transfer portal. Bye-bye. Mm. Do your thing. You didn't touch the grass anyway. No hard feelings, but if you can't sit here and fight and, and, and really go in every day to compete for a starting job, then you don't need a starting job. I, I do think Saban's a bad example. He's probably the best head coach in the history of college football. Uh, but yeah, for, I, I just think that the, you know, the end of the, the Fisher era was, was not – it wasn't great. And then, you know, we all can say what we want to say about Willie Taggart, but um, he had no accountability whatsoever. So I, I, I think that, you know, they were, they were handcuffed with the APR stuff. They really couldn't kick the guys off that they wanted. And, True. And, and now that they've kind of fixed that, I think that you're starting to see, you know, all these guys are entering the portal. You're starting to see them cutting that dead weight. And Nate, was- I like you, Nate. You said that Saban was a bad example. I'll give you a better one. Ogeron. Two years at LSU. Mm. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Les Tell Miles me I'm did wrong. a good job. Of, he put Les Miles got the talent there. Ordron just put it. I want to say Ordron. I say Joe Brady. Say Joe Brady. You guys are now not. See now you guys are making excuses. Uh, we at Florida State, bro. I know. We had, we had talent at LSU. No, they didn't have no talent at LSU. Those guys wanted to play for Ogeron. Yeah. They went, who the fuck was was Burrow? He transferred <laughs> from Ohio State because he was not going to play. He went to LSU, got dog, and he made a way for himself. My issue is this, and I don't like giving these guys excuses because you're at Florida State. You're not standing at, up now. Yeah, yeah you're we, not, or you're standing up now. <laughs> you're not at Marshall. You're not at Marshall. You're not at. You're not in the Big East. You're not in the. You're not, at, you're not at AAC like UCF. We're the best school in Florida. Got y'all ass mudded. Like you're at Florida State. My whole thing is this. I feel like that's an excuse. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. LSU did it. Why can't y'all do it? Oh, because of talent? We don't got talent at Florida State. We ain't got five-star or four-star recruits. We ain't got guys that can read a playbook and learn how to go tackle and run the football and catch a ball. It's an excuse. LSU had guys that bought in. Ozeron was a coach. Hey, I'm going to go down here, and we're going to play good football, and we're going to go mm-hmm. tight. They bought in. They didn't want to buy in the tagger. Because tagger wanted to listen to the plies and two chains. Mm-hmm. Novell going to cuss you out and get in your ass. That's the difference. It. So it may take two or three years, but, I mean, it takes the individual to come in and change yeah, that yeah. culture. Let, let, let me ask you this, though, kind of because I, I agree with what you're saying, but you look at um, you know, strength and conditioning. You know, they spend more time with you than anyone, right, in college. Yep. It's always you – know, that's something that LSU has done well, irregardless of who the coaches have been. They've kind of been Very able to true. maintain, you know, Moffitt and all, all that. You know, Florida mm-hmm. State had a major drop off there, you know, from Valoria, you know, doing having his, his battles off off the field, True. Bringing, bringing a guy who who got a, a piece of paper off of a off a website school, and, and, and I can't even pronounce his name. I don't really care to pronounce his name. Um, so I, I think that's <laughs> where where uh, you know Florida State's really struggled is is that off field development. Nate, I, 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 I think combine that that whole picture. 
uh, of mm-hmm. lack of accountability, lack of, of development, lack of a strength and conditioning program, lack lack of guys who want it. I think that's where why FSU is at where they're at. But but Nate, attitude reflect leadership, and I'm not finna blame oh, no sure ass man for making me lift and run and be ready to play football. I want to make money and be a millionaire. I yep. gotta do that work. Ain't nobody oh, told sure. me events now. Nobody told Florida State from 20. 2008 until 2013, 2014 to work their ass off. Nobody mm-hmm. had to tell us that, Nate. And I think I that's know. the issue in the time frame where we are now. I think the the world is easier to be like, okay, you know what? The kids had this or the kids going through that or we're going through this. Nobody gave a rat's ass when we was doing that. Nobody cared about Jameis when they were riding Jameis ass to the dirt for screaming obscenities yeah. out in public. He's a kid. He wasn't yeah. a kid then. What I'm saying is, though, I think there's too many excuses or coaching change or strength. Man, no, bro. If you want to get right, you know how to get up and take your behind to the weight room. You know how to eat. You know how to train. You live there every single day. So, yeah, can I, make, can I hold a coach accountable? Yes. But the players are the guys that's on the field making the plays. Absolutely. You have to be ready to play the game. Now, game plan, play calling, that's a coach. But effort Making sure I'm prepared to play on Saturdays, being at the right weight, lifting the right weight, eating the right food, being car- being in shape. That's on the athlete, not a grown man. Because I don't so, care what Coach Vic ever told me to do, I was in the weight room before my lift time. Mm-hmm. Like, so, my, my run group, we were there on time. We were accountable. We, we, we ran faster than anybody ever recorded because we were breaking speedometers and heart mm-hmm. monitors mm-hmm. because we wanted to. We wanted to compete <laughs> yeah. to be the best. And I those. think that the, the kids aren't competing the same way. I'd still and I'd still run your ass over too. So I mean, you can look that you can look that big all you want. You can keep dreaming. I I think that um, you know, also, I I think what goes into it, and you know, I'm a I I feel really passionate about this. Is that that portal's giving guys a a advantage if if they don't want yes right here. It's giving them this. Yeah, I can get re-recruited. Yeah, yeah. As I want to say, there's no de-recruitment period now. You know, no. uh, you hear the stories of, of Coach Pruitt just going in on Jalen Ramsey when he's a freshman. You know, saying, you know, he, Nick Saban was right, should have never offered you. You should have stuck at USC, just dogging this kid. He did that for a reason because he knew what, what he could have been. 105 um, million? Yep. And, and, and there's no de recruitment of these kids, and they come in and they don't, some of them are already pampered, some of them are already kind of, you know. I agree, Nate, 100%. It, I agree with and, you. And I, I think the fact that you can't really de-recruit a kid or else they're going to up and leave because, you know, they don't have it upstairs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it gives them an easy cop-out. So, you know, it's just – Dang, you're right. That's you not be, I, I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, I'd be, I'd be around um, Jameis. I mean, that was whenever you were there too, cause that's where I met you was around mm-hmm. that time. And I'd be around Jameis and in the locker room after the games and – they wouldn't really – Jimbo didn't want him to leave the stadium. He always wanted to have Jameis stay there because he was going to get all the uh, people around him and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and all the controversy was going on then. Uh, but J- Jameis wanted to leave, and he was about to leave out of the moor. And I was up there with Jimbo, and Jimbo was pissed. I mean, he was mm-hmm. laying bombs. Uh, who was it? Coach or Odell Higgins was looking at me and said, oh, here we go again. Kids, <laughs> kids cover your ears. <laughs> and Amen. Jameis came up, I think with Kerwin, who was the S- – Yeah, Kerwin and was yeah, there. Yeah, and it, uh, Kerwin brought Jameis up, and Jameis was like, why in that mother F are you thinking you're going to leave right now? I mean, it was after a big win. So I think it was after the Miami game at mm-hmm. home. Uh, but he was going in on Jameis. I mean, it didn't matter 
who it was. I mean, he was going to cuss out whoever, but uh, I just thought it was – I was young too. I think I was also with uh, um, Kylie Dossie. Yeah, Dossie. Okay. I mean, little Dossie. But, yeah, that I, I love it. I mean, that's just how it needs to be at FSU. And even recruits, but also players, What we've talked with Jacoby McDaniel and other guys, and, you know, that's how they want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. They want to be held accountable. And that's something that has lacked a lot in the last couple of years. So. Man, Jeremy Pruitt always used to tell us, instead of arguing, say, coach me, coach. Mm-hmm. Don't give me no excuse. Say, coach me, coach. Yeah. You know, it's it, and it's hard. I understand it's hard. I mean – um, Nate, you were right. They have a cop out. They have an easy way out. I just don't agree with how we giving them more excuses, man. I mean, I, if you're not prepared to play, you're not going to play. The guy that cheats mm-hmm. in the weight room or the guy that cheats during workouts isn't going to be prepared to play. And I can't. And, and honestly, my brother was like that. And I was I was a little bit more out and 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 life than Vince. And this was like, hey, bro, I got to work. Like, I got to make sure I'm ready to go because if I don't, Telvin's right behind me. Like if I if I'm not ready to play, tell me you know what I'm saying. So they're not. I hope Telvin's like doing all right. Lose. They're playing like they already already arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's any. where my issue is falling. Like, hey guys, you guys got to keep working, keep working, working. <laughs> no, we're Florida State. We made it. I got the offer. Now I've made it. No, you haven't. Nah. I think that's where. Like I'm just giving. I think we're giving them too much to fall back on sometimes. But I yeah. do agree with you, Nate. And like uh, like Nate said earlier on in the podcast, I mean. Carlos, you were talking about holding the coaches accountable and the players being held accountable. Nate, Nate said earlier, take Corey Durden off the field if he's not going to give effort every play. Like, True. What, why not? I mean, this, this season, if you guys, I mean, guys want to look at it the way it is, this season's pretty much a wash anyway. These guys are all going to get this year of eligibility back no matter how many snaps they play or whatnot. Why not go with the guys that you're developing for the future that are going to play their ass off for the program and actually try – rather than the guys that are already going out there just, you know, pretty much holding it in for an NFL paycheck that might come after the season. So, I don't know. Yeah. That's my thought. Might come, might, might come after the season. Yeah, might. Uh, uh, but I, I, I'm going to call it what it is. And Corey Durden is that he, he read his press clippings. Um, he, he bought into what was being said. Marvin, and, too. And, yeah. Uh, maybe Marvin not as much, but Durden's just that – a different mind, different up top in the in, in the head. Um, you know, he's not as put together as Marvin is. So I, I think he bought into all that offseason bullshit hype, and, and now, now, look what you got. Yo, yeah. yeah. Let's see. All right, let's jump into the second year. Yeah, let's shoot, shoot me a text. Love you, bro. All right. <laughs> Let me uh, jump into. Uh, the top worst segment real quick before we jump into the Notre Dame uh, preview. So if you're just now listening or you're new here, we do a segment every week. And we pick top worst of a certain subject. Sometimes it's fast food. Sometimes it's injuries. I don't know. It's always all over the place. But uh, this week we're going to do top worst video game. Everybody's going to pick which uh, is the worst video game to be played. I don't know who wants to go first because I – I don't play – I mean, I play a good amount of video games, but I, I still need to think on one that I actually really hate. I, I got, I'll go first. Go ahead. Call of Duty. Which I one? Know. Yeah, they oh, so the whole damn The whole damn thing. Oh. Okay, Nate, you're canceled. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's y'all some really good Spiral? We just got screwed. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, on the original PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Spiral? That was a terrible game. Oh. I don't remember that one. Exactly. 
<laughs> so you know, I, I, I'm a little bit older than you guys, so you know, you know, nothing compares to Goldeneye in the first the uh, first shooter games. You know, that's that's the original. Um, but me, I just don't have the patience to sit there and and, and try to figure stuff out, find where the, the things are, and focus on the shooter. I'd rather just play NCAA and you know, do that. So yeah. for, for me, that's I'm down. This game, Austin. Um, my answer is completely out of left field. I'd be surprised if anyone's even heard of this. Uh-oh. Um, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Advanced Advanced Warfighter. It's not good. AKA <laughs> Tom Clancy's Graw. It is so bad. I it's, feel like I. It, it the controls are horrible. I remember playing it when I was like fourteen on the three six. I'm like, what am what what am I playing? What is this? This is. <laughs> Legit, think I might have played that before. I feel like I did too. I'm trying to. I did. I, I, I did. That, so. My first game <laughs> system in college was a 360. So yeah, I played it. Oh my! I just, I just remember, I it was cheap at GameStop. It was like four bucks. I was like, how mm-hmm. bad can it be? And like, it's, <laughs> it wasn't worth four dollars. <laughs> I'd rather play Goldeneye. I'm trying to think. You got one, Dustin? Yeah, I'm gonna let Carlos go with what we were talking about earlier. I'm not gonna take his answer. Uh. Oh no! Oh. I got, I got, I, trust me, I got them. I got a lot of video games. Trust. This me. one's better though, because it'll cause more controversy. Because this what is a very got? popular game. Ooh. I think. I think Fortnite is terrible. Oh. <laughs> terrible! Like, you just can't handle it. You can't build. There's just there's way too much stuff going on. It, it is <laughs> so hard. Gonna... It, it is hard game to learn. I mean, I, I was something I was addicted to for two years. I mean, I think they did a good job with what they're doing. I mean, they're still on the top games right now and this thing was rolling in 2017 man i mean it's still hot which is hard for games to do nowadays but i do understand a lot of people i mean it's hard to play i mean the building then you got to you know figure out your shooting tactics blah blah blah. it's all about your teammates too but yeah fortnite's tough and then they're dropping a hundred people at a time yeah i don't mind like like the war zone and like i used to love PUBG. like i love that kind of game but fortnite Mm -hmm. itself i hated it was so bad i think it's too much extra yeah like, you know That's what I'm saying? Exactly like, the reason why I can is. play Call of Duty is because Call of Duty is more, you know, it's, it's a lot of strategic, but Fortnite is a bunch of people running around and you get online, you're playing with like four or five-year-olds and they're screaming, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, it's a little <laughs> difficult. But they say the new Call of Duty, like, um, you can play like Warzone and run around. And I mean, it's, they say it's pretty cool. I haven't played it all off the game system, but I mean. Yeah. My, yeah, my worst is Madden. Madden sucks. Dustin, you're right. Yeah, Madden, Madden sucks. Damn. Madden has sucked for a long time. Yeah. It sucked since whatever year Adrian Peterson was on the cover. Yep, AP. That was the last Madden. okay one, and then ever since Madden's it's been 25. Rash. It's just a roster update every year. They don't do anything to it. Yeah. No. But, I mean, like, they start throwing interceptions so easy. The ball's not – I mean, you got to tap the button to throw a loaf. You got to press the button hard to throw a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> you, remember, you remember you remember quarterback yeah. pass precision? They used to have like a oh, little yeah. um cone to throw you show you where to throw the ball at. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Tom Brady's was like the whole field. <laughs> yeah. What what was that football game with um the ESPN with Terrell Owens on, on the cover? NFL Street. No, no, no. Oh it, wasn't it two Oh no, two K. It was yeah, ESPN two K two K sports. Yeah, are aren't they bringing back that series? Yeah, but yeah, they're they, they, more they, like arena. That's like or not arena, but arcade. Then, uh, like oh, a- um, like Blitz. Yeah, kinda. I mm. mean, I matter of fact, y'all ever, y'all ever played Blitz the League with um yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor on it? 
That game is ridiculous, dude. That was a good, bro. That was a good. That was a good game, though. Like building your team up and players and stuff. That was a funny game. Getting shots. You lacerated dude's funny. kidney. Yeah, it was funny, bro. Like that game was really, really funny growing up. It's like it's really like when Matt, Madden just put Giannis onto the Kumpo in the game. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, they put him and his brothers, Kostas and the What position? Well, yeah, I was gonna say, what position? I don't even know. Doesn't yeah, he's got to play receiver or DN. Like, what are you guys going to play? Can you imagine him at safety? I don't he's see you throwing the ball because he's super fast, though. Yeah, he's really fast. For, he's pretty uh, fast. Yeah, he's got to be a receiver. You just put him on the outside. He ain't got to run. You just have him stand there. Yeah. Ain't no DB going to climb him. Uh, I don't really have a one that I hate, hate that much, but I guess I'm just going to irritate people. The Super Mario Kart, I don't know all the hype what? about it. I don't really understand all the here, hype. Dude. Get out of here. I don't understand all the hype. I've never really pl- I've never, I mean I've played it of course, but I don't I you know, people are like, let's go hang out and play this all night. I mean, unless I'm getting hammered, yeah. I mean I'll play it. Here. But I got one oh. game that everybody has played and loves. It's Super Smash Bros. I, I was never that. I was never a fan of Smash Bros. You can't what? <laughs> yeah, I was never a fan. I mean, Smash I was, Bros. Bro. I was always a Microsoft and Xbox guy, so I'm, like, I never had Nintendo systems. So like, when I'd, go, when I'd go to my friend's house, like, I, we'd play Mario Kart instead of Smash Bros. or something else. Or, like, I liked Mario Party. My best friend yeah. grew up with, with Nintendo, so every time we had to go over there, and no PlayStation, and no Xbox, got to play this bull, and, but we got really good at Smash Bros. I, I'm probably gonna be I don't know how many classes I, sk- I skipped in college to play GoldenEye. Hey, you ever try to shoot the head off our job? It's hard. You're, no, you can't. He dies. No, yeah. <laughs> I uh, found uh, it out when I was a kid. Or, I, my brother tried to shoot it off my head, and he shot me in the head and killed me. Uh, be, best game ever is, is Tecmo Bowl. So, I never had a chance to play it. Super never, Tecmo Bowl. Never yeah, played my, it. My, yeah. my oldest brother got a chance to play it. I didn't get is that when they had the, Is that when the, they had the carriages back in your days, Nate? Is that when they had the carriages <laughs> we got around in? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, my dad hates it whenever I tell him that. Uh, all right, let's jump into the – to finish this off, let's jump into the FSU versus Notre Dame preview. Florida State's facing number five in the country. Is it upset? It was upset week last week. Um, or, no, it was upset week during uh, Miami week, but Florida State didn't get the run in it. But – uh, could this be upset week for Florida State? Any any takers in that? Just right off the bat, any takers? No. Hard, hard to pass. <laughs> no? Jordan Travis? Hell no. <laughs> I, we forgot to mention also in the quick hitters, but it's obviously not that big of a loss. But um, Florida State, uh, DB Cyrus Fagan, entered the transfer portal, um, I believe, what, Sunday, the day after yep. uh, mm-hmm. the game? He yeah. Did. Yep. Um, I mean, Florida State's loaded there. Also, Demory Tate is not going to be playing this year. Uh, he's going with academic that. stuff. Academic uh, red shirt. Yep. So. Which, I mean, eligibility is washed anyways. Kate, I mean, yep. Kelvin Benjamin had to do the same thing his freshman year. Yep. The KB did the same thing. So, I mean, he's going to come back better. He's going get, to get, get a time to spend time with the team and, 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 and learn the role, learn the playbook, and then you have a chance to perform in the spring. So it's not bad. I mean, we anticipated him playing. He's a five-star recruit. We want to see him on the field, but I think it'll, it'll work itself out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Demory Tate was the best cornerback in the country last year, yep. in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He was rising quick to the end. Uh, uh, yes. He, he's 6'2", mm-hmm. 190, so he's got height, he's got speed, he's got size. Range, range. good it, range. You know, he, he reminds me of Xavier Rhodes. 
um, and, and the fact that, you know, he's a big guy, but he, despite the fact that he's big, he can move quick and short areas. He's at the long speed. He's at the long arms. You know, he's, he's damn good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if he was able to play this year, I think he'd be playing major minutes right now. Oh, he'll be a starter. Um, he'll be a starter across from Sante. I think seven, mm-hmm. seven would be a better nickel. Um, yep. Jones, I think moving inside be a better nickel. If you watch a lot of Mississippi State film, um, he is a starting quarter Mississippi State, but he did play in the box a lot of nickel. He's a pressure mm-hmm. corner as well. He plays decent in space. Um, I really was looking forward to seeing Tate play, have another five-star DB come in. I, being a DB, you'd be excited watching these guys come in. But I think it's going to benefit him. He's not losing a year of eligibility nope. like Austin said. So, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. I think it's going to be cool having him come back, having a year under his belt without having any body damage. Not, not me. Not, honestly, not being mentally disturbed. You can kind of sit back and focus on your academics and and sit in the playbook. So I mean, it's so beneficial. Like, be like Travis, Travis J. You know. Yeah. Same thing. You mention, know. Yeah. Travis J. had a three point and is probably the best football player on the team right now. I like Travis J. He's amazing. So, he's a cat. I think he's got that give, dog mentality. Give him the ball. <laughs> Hope <laughs> no, we right. see him Let Saturday. Him. No, they, they, they got to find a way to get him the ball in offense, man. Yeah. yeah. He's a big hitter. Big hitter. You think I moved a running back for no reason? You might be like, okay, they can kick it to you, but I don't want to give him any points. So how else can I get him the ball? Uh Got to find a way. I still, I mean, Wilder still needs to have a written apology on your uh, kickoff return. Ah, That holding that got brought back. He still, (laughs) has he not given you a written apology yet? (laughs) We've discussed this since for years, man, but for years. (laughs) He's not going to give it up. He didn't hold him. He's not going to let that go. He said, I did not hold him. So I will not be receiving any um, conversation. Well, the, the ref said he lied. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I, bro, beautiful return. Notre Dame, I'm excited. Um, to be honest, I'm looking for – I'm not looking for to go up there and go get a W. I'm not looking for us to go up there and score 40-something points. I'm looking for us to be efficient. Um, touchdowns in the red zone. Field goals when we have to kick field goals. Um, I don't want them to score no more than 35 points on us. I say 35 because Ian Book is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, one of the best O-lines in the country. Their defense plays consistent. I mean, they're number five for a reason. Do I think it's cheap because these bastards are independent? Yes. <laughs> they don't play a real football schedule, and I think it's a load of crap. Yes, you get to pick who you want to play. I think that's bull, but you get to play in the ACC and basketball and everything else. It's garbage. But yeah. I expect us to go play solid football. I like the way our running backs run the football. I think we go up there and establish the offensive line, the line of scrimmage early and run it downhill. I think we'll have success. I like the way Webb is lead blocking. Um, I like the yeah, way I like he's Webb. lead blocking. He's playing good football. Coming in, uh, coming in um, Juco. where he came from, from Juco, he's, 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 he's playing with – I had that chip on my shoulder. I have something mm-hmm. to prove. I'm a, I'm, I'm a smaller back. It's a lot of backs on this roster. It's another transfer that's already starting coming in. What do I do? I got to be able to make myself valuable. He's playing good football. I like to see him and uh, Corbin on the field at the same time touching the ball. I want to see T9 touch the ball. Mm-hmm. I want to see young Maybe boy nine. get there because, yeah, because he's running with a purpose. You know, as you can see, I'm saying run the football, and I'm going to explain why. I don't think our receivers – are ready for this prom time kind of game. Our running backs have displayed that they can carry the load. You give them 10, 12, 15 carries a piece. Um, I haven't seen Terry play. I know he's been hurt. Um, Keyshawn's played decently, but he's coming off of injury. Um, you have a couple young guys that's been playing well at receiver, but nobody to really stand out and say, 
I'm going to take control of the receiving room. So I'm, I'm looking for a decent run game. Let's run the ball down the day and throw. Let's control the clock, which is why I want to run the ball. And let's make the game ours. If we play their game, they're going to kill us. We have to make them play our game. And our game right now is controlling the clock and running the football. If we let Ian Book touch the field, they're going to score a lot of points on us. Yeah, I, I think that the two weeks off, um, I think it's going to be very similar to North Carolina last week. Um, North Carolina was probably playing the best football out of anyone, including Clemson, uh, two weeks in. I thought that, you know, offensively, defensively, they had it going. Um, but they struggled last week, you know, with that time off. Um, you know, Notre Dame has the best offensive line that, you know, Florida State's going to face, best offensive line in the country. Um, you know, Ian Book is an efficient quarterback. He's not going to be a guy that's going to go out and, and, and throw it all over the field. And they don't – they still don't have any answer at, at wide receiver. But one thing they're doing well is that they're running the ball very well. They have three guys um, who – two guys of each. One guy was player of the, the week the first week. And the, the next guy, the third string guy against USF, had over 100 yards. So they have three guys who can run the ball. Um, and, and they had depth there. Um, you know, I think that Jordan Travis is going to bring a little bit different of a challenge to Notre Dame's defense. Um, you know, they, they have good linebackers. They don't have the – the depth in the middle that they normally have had. Um, I think that, you know, like Carlos said, I think that, you know, they're going to have to run the ball really well. Uh, and I think that you saw some, some different stuff that um, Florida State can do. Uh, I do like the fact they pretty much changed their game plan mid-game by putting Travis in there. Um, and, you know, if you look at Atkins when he was at Tulane with a running quarterback, if you look at what Dillingham's done at, at Auburn, you know, we've already talked about, about this on uh, another podcast about, um, you know, these coaches aren't stupid. You know, they can scheme. And if you really watch the, the film and if you watch highlights, they're scheming things open. It, it's just mental errors here, mental errors there. Um, I don't think that Notre Dame is going to come out and blow them off the, off the field. No. I think if they had the – if they didn't have the coronavirus break, I think maybe that's a different story. Um, I just want to see Florida State be competitive. You know, last, last year it was not a competitive game. Um, I just want to see him come out and, and, and fight and, and keep progressing. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to see more Toa Philly. I think he, he's been the overall best back um, on that team. You know, like Carlos said, he does run with purpose. Um, you know, he, he, he's running a lot harder than I think people expected him, you know, coming as, as, a, as a freshman. Um, yeah. I, do think, I, think, I do think Terry played his best game last week. Um, you know the effort was there blocking, uh, and more than more than one instance, you you, you could see him, you know, driving this guy to the sideline. Um, I think he was more consistent with his route running. So, um, but he also had a chance to get the ball thrown to him. You know, let's call it what it is. Blackman really hasn't been. You know, he wasn't consistent, and Tate was a disaster in his four series. So, um, I, I just want to see a competitive football team. I don't expect a W, but I, I do expect a a team that won't quit and, and just keeps going. Yeah, okay. some energy. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, you pretty. I mean, Nate, you pretty much nailed it on the head right there. I'm not. I'm not expecting Florida State to go into South Bend this weekend and come out with a victory. I want to see these guys go in, bite their asses off, show some heart. Show even if you're losing on the scoreboard, you're not going to get you know dominated on the field. You're not going to let yourself get caught up in the score. Like play a full sixty minutes, and if there's, we already I already said it earlier, but. If there's guys out there that aren't going to try and, you know, Notre Dame goes up 
14 nothing early or something like that, and they're already putting their heads down and quitting like they did in the first half against Miami, take them off the field and put someone out there that wants to represent Florida State the right way. And, um, Nate, you talked about Notre Dame's offense. They love to run the ball. Florida State's defense, that's where it's been the worst so mm-hmm. far this season. I'm really I'm, – <clears throat> I'm looking at Durden. I'm looking at Marvin this week to really step up in that interior, plug some gaps, let's force some tackles for loss. Maybe some of those veteran linebackers can finally do something. Carlos, I know if Vince was here, he would have some very harsh words for those linebackers that are on Florida State's roster right now. I mean, producing. My, but the whole thing is this, though. I am – I should have played linebacker. You've got to be aggressive. Um, they're not taking on blocks. What I mean take on a block is you're not splitting the guard. Mm-mm. Like, you're not – like – I don't know if you guys ever seen the clip. You guys ever seen the clip of my brother hit the lineman from Clemson at the senior ball? I don't think so. You guys look it up. My brother Vince is a they they ran a counter and the lineman at the senior bowl pulled and he ran through the gap and he ran through the sole of the guard. The back maybe got a two yard gain because the other back scraped over top, made a tackle, but there's nobody taking on those blocks. There's nobody running through the gap. There is nobody selling out. And yeah, you're right. I, would, I think Vince would be pretty pissed. I mean, I think any linebacker that's been, that's been a force State linebacker would be pretty upset. Like, you guys aren't tackling. You guys aren't – I mean, you see them fly around to the ball, but you don't see the consistency. You see guys wanting to make the play, but you don't see them making the play. And I think that's what, like, like Nate said, that's all you want to see. You want to see them be competitive, man. You want to see them go out there, put forth the effort, and, 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 and make them – you know, you want, to, you, want, you want to feel like they're proud to wear Gardner Gold. You know, we're going to play Notre Dame. And you already know how Notre Dame feels about Florida State. There's mm-hmm. they, a big rivalry. It's a big love-loss thing there. We don't like going up there. They don't like coming down here. And when we play them, we play them tough. We play them hard. And it's going to be a battle. So like Nate said, I just hope they go out and be competitive, man. I want them to be competitive. I want to run the football. I want to score in the red zone. That's all I care about. You know what? Like, you, you got – Going up there getting a W against number five in that environment, highly doubtful. Oh. But competing with them and putting up over 200 rushing yards on them and controlling the line of scrimmage and controlling the clock and not letting them score so many points, I think we can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I might throw my, my cell phone at the TV if I see Warner go around and try to, instead of filling the hole, go around you know, the blocker and, and not fight and, and hit his run fit. You guys know what I mean, though. Like, you guys yeah. seen linebackers fill gaps. Like, yeah. oh, it's an ISO. So the guard running downhill, or I got a fullback. I'm going to split his helmet, and I'm going to make the play. They mm-hmm. don't have that. It's all about I want to make the tackle. No, right. I hit him so my guy can make the tackle because if I don't hit yeah. him, he's going to block both of us, and the back is going to be strong. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I, mean, I want to I see Lundy and Dix more. Those, you know, they're going to make the mistakes. You know, yep. they're not going to give you anything different than what they're doing now, but they're going to fill that hole and they're going to put their, their face mask in the guy's chest. Yeah, Ooh. man, I love – I was watching Dicks just right off the kickoff. Um, I always – me and my dad, and we're always trying to figure out who's going to have the biggest hit. I was like, oh, number 32, easy. I mean, he absolutely shattered the kid. Um, and the, the other <laughs> kid was coming straight for him too. It was like an on-time collision. And, I mean, he didn't even – go back I mean he obliterated the kid and then whenever I was looking at Lundy because I didn't really get to watch him as much this season definitely linebacker wise but 
um, he's a lot faster than I thought he was. And we heard some mm-hmm. things during camp that, you know, he, you know, he's big, you know, how fast was he going to be? But I mean, he can move left and right pretty quickly. Um, and he also fullback wise is, is solid. You know, you need someone that's physical. And I know Nate has been really high on Lundy since the beginning, since he was mm-hmm. interviewing him and he's just an aggressive uh, player that you want to have on your team more of those guys that are getting he's an aggressive them. person man like, like, like he's a guy who can who, who if football doesn't work out he's going to be the ufc like 32 32 32 is dead 46 he, he reminds me yeah. of a cannonball <laughs> he cares about exploding up on people mm-hmm. and i'd rather see 32 in the game who's 14 oh 14 too shallow he drops in coverage I love McCray. Too shallow in coverage. They dumping tight end balls right behind you. Wanna know why? Because you're not dropping. You look, you're not dropping to your zone. You're looking in the backfield. Like when you drop, if you know it's past, drop. Get to your zone. Then look back. It's all about alignment, assignment, and technique. I just like I said before, it all sounds great with the young guys playing. It all sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It all sounds amazing with the effort. But still, as we talk right here today and tonight. They have to go up there on Saturday night, and they have to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, can want it, we, can, we can want it for them, and, it, and it's amazing to hear other people feel the way I feel, and they want the best for organization and for a for, for university. But sometimes it, it's for us as fans, as alumni, um, it's, it's tough because you want to see the same effort and passion you put into watching them on the field. And, and, and Nate, I, like I said before, I totally agree where what I want to see. I want to see a lot of that. I want to see y'all put that effort, that un, the undefeated effort on the field. We're not taking the L. You may come out with a loss, but you mentally and physically did not take an L because you went out there and battled your ass off. Mm-hmm. I think it's also pretty crazy that it took three games to figure out who the starting quarterback's going to be because I don't – I mean, Purdy will probably get some playing time later out in the season, but I need fans to realize – I know. Jordan Travis had a, had a good game. He actually was a manager on the field, which we haven't seen that no. in a long while. I mean, he was a manager. Uh, and then, you know, the, to surprise everybody, the extra gift, uh, the Christmas tree, he was throwing the ball. I mean, he doesn't have the arm as Blackman, the strength, but he still had an arm to uh, throw a few bombs. Um, and that, that's something that every fan was hoping to, you know, if, the, if Jordan Travis has that, I mean, you got three running backs, one of them that can throw the ball with Jordan Travis and you got Webb. Corbin also, you know, you're going to throw in Toa Philly, of course. But, I mean, you got another running back back there that can also now throw the ball. And it's a solid thing. And it also now gives the staff a chance to have a quarterback and now figure out a way to make a scheme that fits him. You know, Exactly. What's going to happen much. is they're going to narrow that playbook for him. Yeah, um, yeah and it's been so confusing for I bet also like wide receivers. And Eli, that playbook is this. You got a quarterback like Travis, your playbook has to be here. And that playbook got to be everything he does great. His reads and that got to be great. His checks he got to know got to be great. And I think that's going to be uh, – that's something we're also going to look forward to moving forward because, like you said, coaching changes bring up a lot of toss-ups. Were there, was there a spring for them to compete? Was there a real summer for them to compete? There was no camp. So you got to mm-hmm. play guys that are practicing the best. And with mm-hmm. Blackman having the most experience in the quarterback mm-hmm. room, he's going to practice the best. I guarantee you he knows how to practice. Mm-hmm. So um, having a quarterback now, having a quarterback that can move, he's mobile, he can throw the ball from what, we, what, what we've seen. Um, he throw it well enough for, for him to be the starter. That's another exciting piece, Logan. I think I agree with you 100%. He is a running mm-hmm. back, 
in the backfield. His feet are amazing. He is fast. He can wiggle, but he also can throw the ball downfield and get the ball out of his hands. And that's going to be a new aspect to the game. I don't think Notre Dame is ready for it. I don't think they've, I don't think they've seen it all season. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing too is also watching Jordan Travis roll out of the pocket and Blackman would do this, but after a few, after the first game, you pretty much knew he was going to either throw it away or it could be an interception, but Jordan Travis is still reading while he's running, you know, and he's reading and you know, the linebackers pulling over to him. So boom, you've got a wide open Ontario Wilson, which went for a first down and those kind of things are going to, if you want to have any kind of competition against Notre Dame, you're going to have to have that because there's going to be a lot of rolling out. Um, and like you said, uh, Los, he's also a running back, and he's got great vision, really great vision. And luckily, you know, he's not the greatest passer, but, you know, you just need a little dink and dunks with him and, you know, get your get some momentum going on that offense. It's just always been either a three and out, um, three and out, three and out. You need to have, have an offense and a quarterback that can manage the time and roll down the field and give your defense some time to uh, rest and also be able to look at some – talk to the staff upstairs and and kind of get your schemes correct. Um, Well, let's do our score predictions. How about that? To end it off, score predictions for Florida State versus Notre Dame. They face off at 730. I think, is it ESPN, I believe? I think so. NBC. Oh, it's NBC, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, NBC primetime television, gents. Who wants to go first? Florida State versus the Irish. 36-20. Notre Dame. Whoa, that would you take that as a? I take that as a as a. I mean, I, most fans would say that's a win for FS. Thirty-five, twenty-one. Fits within two scores. I think that's a good game for Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. thirty-five, twenty-one for you, Los. Mm-hmm. To me, I think I think Florida State's got too much to overcome in the trenches. I mean, we've talked about Notre Dame's offensive line being the best in the country, and our our D line's gotten no push against Miami and Georgia Tech. I don't think they'll be able to get much push against Notre Dame. And we even just talked about the linebackers not being able to fulfill their roles. I think they're just going to be able to run it all over us. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be like 42-16. See, I, see I, can understand, I can understand why you say that because, it's, I mean, we have talked about D-line on that. We have talked about bringing in a new recruit, a guy that's just committed, being a five-star, four- or five-star recruit. Um, adding to the D-line. So, yeah, Austin, I can definitely understand yeah. you coming from and seeing that blowout because if we can't stop the run on the first drive, then we're not going to be able to stop the run in the fourth quarter when we're tired. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be something to watch. Just got to hope it doesn't – just got to hope the game doesn't go the Miami hope route. Make you know, we've seen – you know, we saw that earlier this season and also you look back at the Notre Dame game in 2018. I mean, it just wasn't a game. I mean, Cam Akers was there and it wasn't a game. Um you just don't have a Dalvin Cook. You don't have a Cam Akers anymore. Um, it's just not the case. You don't got a Carlos Williams. I mean, I still run over yeah. him, but. Logan, give me a drink. <laughs> uh, Dealey, what you got? Yeah, pretty much uh, agree with what Austin just said right there. Um, you know, we talked about Notre Dame's rushing attack, and I'm just – I'm not convinced that, that Florida State's defense – can stop it and you know it just goes back to the consistent effort not playing to their assignments all the time you know playing more for themselves and the team little things like that and you know that's that's how you go from being a good football team to a bad football team I do think Florida State's going to be able to score some this game I, I really like what Jordan Travis did last week it was the first time this season that I've seen a Florida State quarterback show the ability to actually make their teammates better 
because Jordan Travis, he's just so versatile. Like they're running those RPOs and um, he would keep it himself and get outside the pocket. And it looks like he's about to take off and run for the first down marker. And then at the last second, he flips that little sidearm throw out to the, out to the sideline to the receiver who goes and gets an easy first down. And it's just, it's, it's little things like that. James Blackman, you know, his reads weren't on. I thought Travis, even though he doesn't have maybe the arm strength of a James Blackman, he was putting the ball in the right places for his receivers to go and make the plays. He was throwing correctly and the timing for the routes. So I think we'll see some points for Florida State. I just don't think it's going to be enough because of the defense. I'm going to go Notre Dame 41, Florida State 24. Okay. One thing. I want fans, if fans are watching or, or listening, I want you guys to understand this. Blackman was not Taggart's quarterback. He was not Norvell's quarterback. And I love that kid. I got a lot of respect for that kid. That kid's been through hella hot water. He came in after losing, I want to kind of, kind of say, the next son of Florida State, and that was in uh, uh, that was in 12. And that was in Frenchie. And Frenchie mm-hmm. was tough. That SOB sat in the pocket, took hits in the chest. And I think James learned from him, but their coach or coordinator was who? Jimbo. Jimbo's quarterbacks are pocket quarterbacks. Sit in the pocket, throw the ball, distribute. Jameis wasn't a huge runner. Blackman's not a huge runner. EJ wasn't a huge runner. Ponder wasn't a huge, huge runner. Could they have the ability to run? Yes, they all did. But um, I think Blackman was – I think he's been in the fire for a couple years. Yes, his reads aren't always the best. Yes, he holds on to the ball too much, and he takes a lot of sacks. He throws interceptions. But and, uh, as a player and a former player, he's a quarterback, and that goes through a lot mentally when your head coach your or coordinator is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the system – I don't think Taggart's system was built for him. I think he's a pro-style quarterback, and I think he needs to be in a pro-style system. And until he finds that, and it's not going to be in the college level, it's going to have to be in the professional level, I don't, I don't think he's going to be very successful, and he hasn't been. And it's not a knock on him, but he just hasn't been able to develop in, in the systems he's been in because he hasn't been in them very long each time he's been in one. Mm-hmm. Now, Travis, being a sophomore, he has time with Norvell. Norvell's not going nowhere. He's going to be molded for the next two or three years to become that head and that and that and the new leader of Florida State as a quarterback. I think if he plays decent or plays well, I think that moves forward. Um, but to the, to the fans that, you know, Blackman has been through a lot and a lot, but he's still vocal. He's still around. He's still pumped. He's, yeah. he's still a no through and through. And for that, I appreciate. I got a lot of respect for that kid. You've been a starter up and down and been through injuries and all of a sudden it's taken away from you. Yeah, poor performance, but you've been there when they talk bad about you and you continue to play. You continue to take hits and get up and keep fighting. So that respect for that kid, I, I, I tip my hat to that kid. Um, I hope he continues to compete. I hope uh, – I wish him the best. But right now, 13 gives us the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I, right there with you. I completely respect James Blackman. I mean, we posted a graphic stating, you know, Jordan Travis being a starter, and James Blackman was one of the first ones to like it. Yep. And, you know, you look after the game, too, and he, how he's celebrating and, and hugging uh, Jordan Travis. I mean, he's just a really good teammate. That's what you would like to have on your team no matter what. I mean, definitely yes. if he can bring some competition and practice. I mean, he, he's just a good guy, and, you know, he went through hell. I mean, straight through hell right off the bat. I mean, you get Frenchie goes down, you go have to go – uh, the James Blackman he's been I mean, it's tough and we 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 interviewed Kenny Shaw and he said he told us you know it is hard as hell to know learn Jimbo's playbook as a wide receiver I mean I barely got to play I mean like it is hard to learn that playbook I couldn't imagine being a quarterback I couldn't imagine extremely, extremely. 
it's got to be hell. I'm going to go Florida State. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame 38, uh, Florida State 20, um, which I think is not too terrible. I mean, that is looking at the score right there. It's actually a, comp- a pretty competitive game, most certainly. I mean, I just hope, like we've all talked about for the last hour on here, just got to have some competitive drive and, and try to light up this defensive line that we haven't really seen play at all this season. There's got to be some kind of defensive line, and this game is not going to uh, be close in the first quarter. It's been poor, and you got to find a way to get t- takeaways. And uh, shout out to Sante Samuel Jr. He's having a great season so far. Um, I, I like him. I love Asante. He's got the dog mentality. So I think um, he's a first- this year. Say that again? I think he's going to be a first-round pick next year. I think how he performs at the combine is going to tell a lot. Um, having three interceptions through the first couple games is a lot, two, two in, in one half. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's showing that he can be a shutdown corner for Florida State. I think we have to put him in position to be, and I think that will help defense. If you isolate him on one side of the field, I think that can do a lot. We did it with, I mean, Greg Reed. We did it with LaMarcus Joyner. We did it with Jalen Ramsey. If he's playing that way, I would let him shut down the side of the field. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes, you know, if you, if you ain't hearing his name or you kind of forget that he played Saturday, that's a really that good thing. Receiving, that's that how we, yeah, that's how we were whenever Darby and Williams were playing. I mean, I sometimes I was like, wait, was Darby hurt? Did he play tonight? And then I was like, no, he did his job. Uh, wide receivers didn't catch anything on him. So um, you. that's kind of – that's kind of the route Asante is going down. So shout out to 26, having a great start to the season. Uh, I'm going to go just skip off of the trivia just for now because I don't have it loaded up and I got to edit this and get this out to everyone this evening. Uh, but let me shout out our latest Patreon members. Let's see here. Shout out to hold up. Let me go to number one here. Full load. Matthew Smith, Tracy Silk, Samuel Boatwright. Uh, Chris Guthrie, Samuel Walker, Johnny Murray, Jordan, Brian Ross, David Pierre, and Luke Payne. Shout out to those guys. If you want to sign up to our Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash day. Definitely go uh, check out the Discord. It's been rolling definitely on game days. It's fun to go in there. And if I'm at the game. No, it's not. Go. It's not fun to go in there. <laughs> not, not. Well, on, on wins, it was fun Saturday night. Yeah. It felt good to actually leave the stadium. It was a beautiful, beautiful time in Doak. The sunset. It was very nice. Um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty much going to do it. That is our preview for the Florida State versus Notre Dame game, number five in the country. Can Florida State have a miracle? And we come on here and tell a lot of lies and be like, oh, well, things are turning around. We'll see. We'll see. We'll be optimistic. Hope. Call it optimistic, man. Don't just say we tell. we're optimistic, man. We hope for the best, man. <laughs> I'm always – I'm half, half full on this show. I'm always optimistic, baby. Always. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it. Thanks everybody for listening. You can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified. If you're on iTunes, rate us five stars. You'll be notified or you'll leave a good rating. That will help a lot. Um, but thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you guys later this weekend. See you guys. Same color t-shirt. Mama told me not to sell work.